Hey, how's it going? It is Ewan here. Uh, thanks again for listening in to another installment of Ewan's podcast. And thank you if you're one of the two people that recently in the last 24 hours clicked that follow button. You are a legend. Of course, if you haven't done it, it's a great way to stay up to date with everything topical, making headlines daily and 100% unique and otherwise let's get into it we are talking about disney and their latest news around the little mermaid under the sea the 25th of may is when the little mermaid the new disney film is being released and well since 1989 when the first animated one came out things have certainly changed instead of using uh yep the animated cartoon version of the little mermaid they've tried something new something stylish they've used uh the style of cinema called photorealism to portray the characters and to portray the setting of being under the sea which is really quite exciting but uh, a lot of people of course whenever you deviate from something traditional uh you're gonna get either some ridicule or just some questions asked and they're appropriate questions which we're gonna delve into deep dive so before we delve into the some of the criticism some of the things to you know people are concerned about uh when it comes to photorealism and particularly the uncanny valley wanted to talk about what photorealism will look like and you've probably seen it before if you watch the 2019 version of the lion king uh, they use photorealism in that so pretty much it's like trying to portray these animals as close as possible to the real thing instead of using historic methods of just cartoon and um, animation they're going to use uh, photorealism yep, to portray the animals close to the real thing as possible whilst being able to manipulate movement in you know certain ways to obviously make sure the narrative makes sense. Uh, and particularly one of those ways includes just moving the mouth up and down whilst one of these animals speaks. There are good and bad things about using photorealism compared to uh, animation, cartoons, I guess. One of them is, you know, it's beautiful. When you look at The Lion King 2019, one of the biggest and best things about it was just how extraordinary it was. It was almost like you were in um, Africa and you were watching these animals, um, you know, live out their life. It was pretty awesome. But the problem that exists is that whilst these voiceover artists are portraying the scripts from these classic films... Like when there's this real emotional climactic parts, like for example when Mufasa uh, is tragically uh, thrown into the stampede of wildebeests, you know, and Simba looks on. That's quite an emotional scene. But one of the biggest criticisms of The Lion King 2019, the film, is that they weren't able to, and through photorealism, you're unable to manipulate the animals' facial reactions, facial expressions. So there's almost this like disconnect between what the voiceover artist is articulating, this real tragedy, and what you're actually seeing on screen, which is just a lion, I guess, seeing their parent die and, you know, reacting as a lion would, which wouldn't be the same as a human. And we can't really recognize the lion's sadness in, in facial expression. So you, you know what I mean? Like you kind of jeopardize an element of expression uh, by creating this beautiful landscape. But you might be listening right now and saying, well, why don't uh, these creators just manipulate the facial expression of animals through photorealism? Like, they can change the mouth and they can do all this incredible stuff. Why don't you just add more expression uh, to make it a little bit more familiar for humans? Well, there's the problem, you see. And this is kind of like the crossroad that these creators have to recognize is because... 
Here lies the uncanny value. When an animal or some sort of piece of tech starts to look very familiar to a human, but is slightly off, it starts to create this eerie atmosphere, this really uncomfortable feeling. One of the criticisms on The Lion King is that it looked all fine and no one had a problem with it, but the moment they spoke, it was weird. There was kind of this like absurd feeling whereby the animal conveyed human qualities. So it seemed very strange. Now, if you added on top of that more human facial reactions, you can only imagine what these animals would look like. They would look scary as all heck. One of the best examples I looked up was the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that came out a while ago. You should look up on Google what Sonic the Hedgehog was meant to look like. He, you know, on the film, the one that came out with Jim Carrey, um, he had, he's got these real animated big things big eyes like the classic Sonic as we know really digitalized and utterly fake but the real one was meant to be more human like and it is scary to, when you look at it you, you understand when you see some like clips of what how Sonic was meant to move and how he's meant to be you know seen the, the actual creators had to change it because it was pretty scary oh well, thank you so it really does create a quite intimidating feeling for a viewer and so much so that yeah creators have to be so careful about uh balancing this that leads us to talk about the little mermaid and the <laughs> once harmless flounder you remember flounder yeah, my name's Flounder. Flounder was like Ariel's best mate. Ariel, the little mermaid. It was yellow, blue. It was, you know, it was fun. Um, <laughs> the flounder that they're using through photorealism, and they didn't really have any other choice. Like, if you use photorealism, you've got to make it, it's got to be real. That's the whole point of it. Um, but they've pretty much gone with the aesthetic of a normal flounder, of course, as you should. Now, a flounder is found at the bottom of the sea. Camouflage is at the bottom of the sea. It's flat. Probably the most disturbing thing about a flounder is that um, from birth, the, the flat body has an eye on either side. But as it grows up, one eye actually moves. Yeah, it moves onto the other side. Anyway, that's pretty disturbing, right? Pretty weird animal. And when you look at the flounder that they've, this photo that they've put up, oh gosh, it is. It's an interesting looking thing. It's quite disturbing. And people are saying, oh no, this is going to be another one of those things where we're going to have to endure a two hour film looking at this flounder and being utterly disturbed some people are saying it kind of touches into the uncanny valley just how disturbing this fish is some people are just saying that a flounder naturally is quite a disturbing fish to bring to life in this way either way worth checking out and for the very least uh the 25th of may is when the little mermaid is happening making the big screen so you know you can expect to see this all over socials i will say personally i love how disney are changing things up Imagine if they, you know, decided to do a replica of the animated version of The Little Mermaid. There's no way you could live up to that. Like, that's iconic. So I love how they're changing it up and they're, they're leaving what's iconic as iconic, not touching it, and bringing a different kind of lens into um, all these classic films. So I personally am all for it. I'm excited to see what they do. I'm excited to watch the film. Um, we're going to have to wait and see exactly how strange um, it all turns out.
Hey, thanks again uh, for joining me for another installment of Ewan's podcast. Always a pleasure. Don't forget, uh, for daily updates, easy to digest uh, content on topical things and 100% unique. Make sure you hit that follow button. And don't forget to leave a rating as well. Take care of yourself. We will talk again tomorrow. Bye.